Thank you for listening to the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Would you lift up your voice and magnify the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Somebody worship him right now. Lift up your voice and praise him right now. Take the roof off this place. Let there be a sound of thunder. Let there be praise from the depth of your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. The great, wonderful atmosphere, wonderful anointing of the Holy Ghost that's in this place. You may return to your seats, remain standing. If I can get a little bit more monitor, guys, I'd appreciate it. This is the second round for me today. Thank you. What an incredible conference, incredible word from Pastor Justin Gleason tonight. Thank the Lord for someone who has the guts to say what he said. We need that anointing in our midst. Give honor to him. Love him very much. And Bishop, love you very much. Brother Caleb Herring, incredible job. Brother Wilson, Brother Caleb Gleason, Brother Corneo, everyone has done an incredible job in this, this week. Give honor to my beautiful wife, Janae, and our children for all their sacrifice that, we, uh, that they do behind the scenes for what God is releasing. I've never preached what I'm about to preach tonight. I was writing the notes down today, and, and uh, when Pastor Gleason was up here starting, I thought, well, apparently he was in my room. My room is bugged, and he was just walking right down the line of some things the Lord had told me. Love it when you hear from God. I give honor to Jet the Threat, my little buddy here today, and so thankful to have my kids in my life, my wife in my life. Psalm 109, verse 4 through 10, Luke 22, verse 31 and 32, all the Everest boys, I love you. Psalm 109, verses 4 through 10, and then Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. For my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Book of Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and verse 32. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. The Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. 
talk to you tonight about Satan's prayer pattern. Satan's prayer pattern. I'm sorry, guys. If you can give me some bass or something up there, I don't know what he changed, but it's, it's really weird. Lord, I pray right now against every spirit, human and demonic, every stronghold that we brought down today. Thank you for the victory that you released in here. I worship you and I praise you. Have your way tonight in this place. Get a hold of every situation. In Jesus' name we pray. And somebody said amen. It's much better. You may be seated. I don't mean to repeat what Pastor Gleason said, but angels are not like humans. Angels do not have needs. Angels do not need to pray. I'll wait on you. Angels are spirits. They don't have food as their need. They don't have to have shelter. They don't have to have clothing. They are spirits. And so they do not have needs in their life. In fact, angels have complete authority everywhere they go because they're on divine assignment from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so when they speak, they're speaking something that was given to them by someone on a throne in glory. And what they speak manifests and comes to pass because they are sent by God. If they do pray, or what we call pray, they're actually declaring things like holy, holy, holy is the lamb. They, they don't have to pray. They just declare what he is. Angels do not need you and they do not need me. They do things that God sends them to do. Lucifer was a mighty angel. He had an incredible voice. He had obviously the gift of music coming out of his voice and he was very anointed but he lost the luxury when he decided to be like God and said I'm going to raise my throne to the heights of the heavens. I will ascend and I'm going to be like the most high and instantly Lucifer went from being an angel to being a devil. The devil and instantly Lucifer had needs. Instantly, Satan had problems. Instantly, the devil had issues. The devil had things he could not control. And yet, all of the attributes of Satan could not help him get these needs met. He's lied for thousands of years, but lying doesn't meet his needs. He's accused for thousands of years, but accusing does not help him. He's the deceiver, but deceiving does not get his needs met. He is a murderer, but he's not happy about it, no matter who he kills. He is the tempter. He is a thief, but he's still helpless. Ready? Because Satan never learned how to pray. Satan does not know how to pray. Therefore, Satan begs every time he talks to God. Satan has to beg God for everything he gets over and over and over because he does not know what prayer is. He went from having everything to needing everything and now he annoys God all the time by begging. Can I preach to you that when begging's in the atmosphere, demons are also. 
I'll wait on all y'all to get settled and back in your seats. When Satan's in the room, demons start packing. And when Satan starts praying, it sounds like begging. Don't cast us into the swine. Don't do, don't torment us before the time. It's a begging spirit that is known as demonic praying. And when Satan starts praying, he starts begging God for everything possible. Satan, Peter, hath desired to have you that he might sift you as wheat. That word desired means he's begged me over and over and over. Literally what the devil does is he comes up to God and says, can I please have him? Can I please have him? Can I please cut him? Can I please destroy her? Can I please kill her? Can I please assassinate him? Can I please take him out of church? Please, 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 please. It's annoying. The devil doesn't know what to do so he begs God over and over and over and over to have what he wants here is the problem when he starts begging begging rarely gets answered begging rarely gets answered and he begs God the most rejected person on the planet is Satan because he's used to getting prayers rejected on a daily basis please 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 no 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 please 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 no 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 please 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 no 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 over and over and over and over and over demons are begging God for you that's why you can't be chilled and be cute and act like everything's fine there's a demon asking for you right now begging for you please let me take him out please let me make him backslide please let her walk away please let him get distracted please let him get disrupted please 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 And so, he is the most rejected creature on the planet. You think your prayers don't get answered. Satan could preach the world's greatest message on unanswered prayers. And he begs over and over and over. But he's not dumb. He's not stupid. He's not ignorant. He knows if begging gets rejected, maybe I can get the believers to start begging. Because if I can take them from believing to begging, their prayers will never be answered. Oh, it's quiet in here. Let's go. If I can take them from believing God will to begging him all the time, why hasn't he? And I can get a permanent shutoff of answered prayers in their life to where they no longer even believe God can do anything because they're used to begging him for everything and he does none of anything that they ask for. Begging is demonic praying. Boy, some of you are so nervous to breathe right now. Begging is demonic praying. The quickest way to get a prayer rejected is to keep begging for it. Because when you beg, you're saying, I don't really believe you that you heard me.
I don't believe that you heard me. I don't believe you're coming through. Please, God, please, God. And what you're saying is, I'm doubting you. I'm doubting you. I'm doubting you. And God said, I'm not going to answer that. Get, give me somebody that knows how to praise me, that knows how to worship me, that knows how to thank me, and I'll show you what I can do in an atmosphere where begging dies and believing rises. That's why the psalmist, these people that were attacking the psalmist, he said, Lord, uh, they're, they're coming against me. So I want you to send Satan right to them and turn their prayer into sin. Because what he'll do if he gets in your house is he'll turn your prayer into sin. And he said, even let their kids be beggars. Let them turn into beggars. Everything they do, make them beg for it. See, begging is living at a lower level than what God called you to live at. And the devil knows it because he was in the heavens. He was in the Garden of Eden, but now he's a beggar. And so his mission is to make you beg for everything you want God to do because you can't walk in faith and beg at the same time. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And if I don't believe that, I'll beg him. Judas was a believer until Satan got inside of him and he went from believing to begging people for money to betray Jesus. The prodigal son had everything going, but when he left the father's house, he wanted the stuff but not the rules. And you can't have the father's stuff outside the father's house because the rules make the stuff keep going. And when father... When the father sent him away, he lost all the stuff and he went to the pigs. But the Bible also says no man gave unto him. He became a beggar because if Satan gets a hold of your life, he'll drag you to the lowest place possible and say, see how it feels like to be a devil. You're at the lowest place. But the prodigal came to himself and said, wait a second. I wasn't born to beg. I was born to declare. I was born to speak. I was born to believe. I was born to believe God can. Someone needs to remember who you are. Get back off the ground. Get up and be who God called you to be. Gehazi, Gehazi was the next Elisha. Elisha was Elijah's replacement. Gehazi gets to be Elisha's replacement. Gets to see the miracles. Gets to walk with the man of God. Gets the impartation. Gets the anointing. Watches Naaman get healed of leprosy. Naaman offers Elisha a bunch of money and a bunch of clothes. And Elisha said, I don't do it for that. But Gehazi went and begged Naaman. I'm willing to forfeit my future anointing 
for temporary change, for temporary blessings. I'll compromise it all and go from believing the man to begging the man. And Elisha said, I, I know where you went. And, and the leprosy that Naaman had is now on you. Oh, preacher, you're missing it. What about Lazarus, the beggar? He begged and went to heaven. Yeah, and the rich man that let him beg went to hell. The rich man that let begging stay in his atmosphere went to hell because begging is not of God. Begging for something to happen all the time. There's a difference in praying in faith and begging God in doubt and frustration. And I don't know what that spirit's trying to do, but it's warring in here. You need to rise up and let it know. When I pray, I'm believing God for an answer. I'm not just hoping some. I'm expecting something to happen. I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting an answer from God. Lame man at the gate beautiful was asking people for money. He was begging alms, 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 alms. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. You think you need something that helps you keep begging. I've got something that's greater than anything you can beg for. I'm going to stop the begging right now and unleash the believer in you. Rise up in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Someone needs to recognize the anointing that you have inside of you. You're not a beggar. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. You've got anointing in every pore of your body. <laughs> and when we start begging, we start expecting man to come through not God. The number one attribute of begging is I need a man to do it. I need a lady to do it. I need a human to do it because God won't do it. Can I just be real? Now some of you are like six of you said yes and 500 you stared at me. But the devil loves it. I'm so thankful passing the mantle is not like this. Because there are other conferences where everyone gets up and begs for money. I'm going to say it. I need 784 people to stand up and give $8. You need nothing, bro. The devil wants begging to be the channel of which miracles happen. Because he knows flesh is producing it. Oh. It doesn't say beg and it shall be given unto you. It says give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Oh, I know, I'm sorry, I'm stepping on somebody's toes that loves to beg humans. I believe God is still the provider and still supplies all our needs. And when the money needs to be there, the money will be there. But you need to be in the spirit and be a believer. This one's going to go over like a lead balloon, but I'm used to that. If you always are begging people to pray for you, 
you can't pray yourself. You're begging others to do it while you sit there on the couch and watch TV. Please send an out text message. Pray for me. We're going through it. But you don't have an altar in your own house. You need to shut that phone down. That's not the will of God. You're begging. You're begging for someone to be your channel. You cannot ride spiritual people's coattails all the way to heaven. And every time you're in a crisis, you got to bail me out. I'm not anointed to bail you out. God bails you out. God is your supply. God is your answer. You need prayer. We're going to pray for you. I'm not saying we won't. I'm saying if you always need prayer, bro. I get a text every day from you that you need prayer and it lasts months and months and months and you're not sick me and you're going to talk and you're not going to like it because you're expecting me to do what God only can do and it's not going to work because God doesn't honor the spirit of begging he honors believing he honors faith he honors expectation. Bartimaeus sat by the highway begging. Literally means he asked everybody that came by for money. He wanted blessings when he needed a miracle. Because begging takes you from high expectation to low expectation. And now he's saying, just get me something to get through not get me something to get out. And when you only come to church to get through and you don't come to church to get out, that's a beggar mentality. Just give me a good word, preacher, to help me. I'm trying to give you a good word. Wake up and get up and tell the devil, get away from my house, get away from my mind. I'm a child of God. I've got royalty in my face. Some of you need to remember you are, you are raised by the king. You've got a palace in your future. You've got a mansion to go to. You've got streets of gold and walls of jasper and gates of pearl. You're not a beggar. You're a believer. He's begging. But when he heard of Jesus, the Bible said he took his coat. That was the sign of being a beggar. They had their certain coats they wore. He was a beggar. He threw it down. Because even old Bart knew Jesus don't answer begging. People do. But Jesus answers faith. So he started screaming, Jesus, thou son of David. He didn't say bless me. He said have mercy on me. What's going on, Bart? I know something about you. You will do anything for someone that believes in you. You'll do anything for someone that cries out in faith. But what he was telling the devil was, when I'm done talking to Jesus, I won't be a beggar anymore because I'm going to get a touch from God that's going to change everything about my future. The devil takes people and puts them in the worst places possible. Makes a mockery of their life. 
See someone on the street begging, show me someone healthy. That's a beggar. The devil takes him and destroys him in front of everyone that's driving by. And I stop and I bless him. And I give to him all the time. But I'm always trying to tell him, hey man, God cares. There's something beyond this street corner. You weren't built to beg. You were built to believe. There's nothing like saying I cast the devil away from this street corner right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. They'll hear something from God when you start to pray for them. The devil said, oh, if I can just get you begging, I can stop any answered prayers. And after you start begging, you'll start getting frustrated with him. And you'll go from begging to yelling. Don't you care? Master, carest thou not that we perish? Oh, ye of little. Why are you begging? I'm in the boat, dude. You think I'm going to drown, God? But we get so messed up by the storm. That we forget who's in our house. I'm telling you, I know in the Holy Ghost, even Elijah knew. That's why he told those prophets of Baal, hey, keep begging. Hey, Baal's on a trip. Beg, beg some more. He's sleeping. Beg him some more. Elijah's back there laughing because he knows begging gets nothing. But he opens his mouth and starts declaring who God is. And fire falls. Let me just say it for every devil in Kansas City. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. There you go, right there. When you start believing and you start declaring the name, you instantly get power over every demonic spirit that's trying to pull you down. Satan is a beggar and he knows it. And so when you start praying, you drive him crazy. When you start going into supplication, and you're bringing up the same need, but you're not begging, you're believing. God, you know the car just broke down. We were at the gas station on the way to school this week. Me and that took the boys to school in the car. I'm not, and I pulled to the gas station, went in to get them something for breakfast, come back out, and the car didn't start. I was like, God, you know we got to be at school. I look up and there's a guy in front of me who goes, i got jumper cables right now. I'll start you right now. I was like, thank you. Because if I start begging him, why did you let this happen? God gets quiet on me real quick. I don't answer that. Who do you think you are to talk to me like that? I could squish you like a bug. But when you believe him, that's why the devil hates the channel of thanksgiving. That's why Satan hated Job so much. Because no matter what he did to him, he couldn't make him a beggar. Job kept saying, though he slay me, yet shall I trust him. 
Naked came I in. Naked shall I depart. The Lord hath given. The Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the devil couldn't do anything about it because Job wasn't a beggar. Job was a believer. He hates intercession and he hates prophetic praying. When you start to declare, we shall have this. This shall happen. I will go there. I will see this happen. She will be saved. He will pray through. He will come back to God. She will be healed. That tumor will dry up. The answer is on the way. The miracle is coming to my house. You're in believing mode. Jesus never said, go pray for the sick. He said, go heal the sick. Because he expects you to believe. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed. Begging bread. See now, we were in a year and a half ago, two years ago. Now, God spoke to me and said, I will pour out my spirit. North America, next seven years, like never before. Yeah, in a year. I was okay, and I'm praying, praying, and nothing happened. So I, I called my superintendent. He said, what do you want to do? I said, I want to get crusades going in America. I want to see mass outpourings of the Holy Ghost. And, and so I started calling different people and leaders, and we had certain cities saying, yeah, come on, come on, come on. And then 2020 came. And every city called and said, sorry, we can't, can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. We're on lockdown. We can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. So at the end of 2020, I'm walking in my house and I said, God, I thought you told me you were going to pour out your spirit. Every city shut down. I've believed, I've spoken it, I've declared it. And I'm being mocked secretly in my house by the demons in my car, when I preach, when I pray, while I sleep. And then I get COVID. And boy, something came. Didn't say, you didn't hear from God. You're gonna die. And my wife had it. And with four babies. And no family near. And we're trying to take care of four kids while we can't even see. Pain was so severe. And the demons were mocking me. And so I came to God. I said, you told me you were going to do something. And he said, I said, I will pour out my spirit in North America in the next seven years like I never have before. That's all he said. And he's what he's doing right here. And he's saying, believe me or beg me. So I started with the worst headache I ever had trying to worship God for the outpouring that was going to take place in this country. I got a call from Wisconsin a few days later. I said, Brother Herring, I said, you want to do a crusade in Wisconsin? You want to do one last year? I said, yeah. We want to do one in 2021. I said, okay. Where are they? Milwaukee. I said, okay. 
citywide. I said, okay. They said, but there's one thing. I said, well, we want to make it a district-wide crusade. And I said, okay. What does that entail? They said, we have so many churches, 80 churches. We want some to be able to watch online, some to, uh, to be able to come in person. We want to form a team. We want you to present this to the district board. We want you to speak to our district board and convince them to let this happen. So oh, this, is, this, this is your idea then, this random pastor. He's a presbyter. He said, yeah, but we want to. I said, okay. So I called the district board in January, and they're in the Zoom meeting. Talk about nervous. I'm sitting there on Zoom staring at a district board, and I'm trying to tell them how we're going to have a massive outpouring during COVID. Some of you are laughing. I dare you to try it. I'm like, God's going to do this, and God's going to do that. And they're looking at me, and I'm like, oh, are you going to do it? Because I really, I'm kind of stepping like on the water right now. Me and you, on the water, sink or swim. And so I'm just telling them, and I'm speaking all these things in faith. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. They said, all right, we're in. I was like, Whew. what now? We want you to start talking to all the pastors and come to our district conference and and start doing your weekly planning every week. Get a team going and, and come in a couple months to district conference. And in May, come to the crusade. We'll do we'll a crusade somewhere. We'll make it happen. I'm like, okay. The next couple hours went by and I, I joined a Zoom call with the youth of Europe and the Middle East. And as I'm telling them about fasting and praying, God tells them, God tells me to tell them, I want them to fast and pray for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the United States of America. And so I start challenging all the youth of the Middle East and Europe to start fasting and believing God because something's going to happen. And they said hundreds of young people started fasting that day. So I called our first meeting and, and we started building this team of pastors and preachers and every week for five plus months, every Monday night, we met for hours and we began to talk about everything. And then I had to talk to every section in the state and speak to all their pastors and convince them. And even the ones that would say, I don't think it's going to happen. And we don't have good internet. And I don't think we've never had any guests. And no one's got the Holy Ghost in three years at my church. And why do you think you're the one to do it? Why do you think God's going to use you? And, and there's this pressure to beg. And so we started calling, Brother of Herring, we started calling churches in Milwaukee trying to find a, a place that could seat some people. And church by church by church said, no, we can't have it. You can't, not enough parking space and not enough social distancing. And you can't have this and you can't have that. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my word. It's getting close to March, district conference time. We don't have a location. We have nothing. And one of the guys pipes up on one Monday night and said, why don't we rent an arena? And I said, because we can't even get a church. He said, maybe we can't get a church because we're believing God too small. Maybe God wants to do something bigger. But we're starting to beg. So they start calling arenas, and they call this Panther Arena in Milwaukee, which is the Milwaukee Bucks old stadium. They built a new stadium across the parking lot, and they call this Panther Arena, and they, they do a walkthrough, and, and then they sign a contract, and they tell us all about it, and, they, and then they call me on the phone and say, guess what? We got the arena. I said, 
awesome. They said, there's only a couple problems. I said, what? They said, um, it's going to cost $50,000 for one day. Number two, we're not allowed to have an altar call. Huh, what? You got the wrong preacher for that. And number three, everyone has to wear a mask. Everyone has to social distance, but we got the arena. My faith went. You're going to beg or you're going to believe. So we flew to Wisconsin. While we fly, our, our car breaks down. My mom called. What's wrong with your car? I said, nothing wrong with our car. Transmission goes out. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun trip. The devil knows we're coming. Get there. Now, they're like, we're not sure what's going to happen. We need $50,000. Need you tell the district about what's going to happen and believe God? I said, okay. Now, I'm just, I'm just raised that you go big or go home. I don't know. Y'all don't have to like it. That's just who I am. You either go big, go home, go big and go home, whatever. You just go big or go home. So I just stepped up there and started exhorting how God was going to pour out his spirit. The superintendent, Brother Booker, got up. He started speaking about giving. And in five minutes, they raised $134,000 and didn't ask for a dime of it. Because God honors faith and believing. So they put billboards all over the city and they, and they did all this they got all these buses rented and, they, and churches were excited we had 40 churches coming from the milwaukee area about 40 churches were planning to watch online and, and they're sitting there and they're remembering and every day i would get up bishop every day remember no altar call remember social distance remember have to wear a mask this is going to fail you're going to flop this is going to be embarrassing and the whole time i was like god can you just Kill that demon. I just want to see him fry. I just want to see him splattered on the road. And every day he whispered this to me for two months. And the week of the crusade. I mean, people were prophesying a thousand against the Holy Ghost. And I'm going, we can't even have an altar call. How are you going to do this? Not that you can't do this. How are you going to do this? I'm supposed to preach this. And the week of the crusade, someone calls and says, uh, I just sent the link out all over the world. And I said, oh, you're about to bomb all kind of places, aren't you, Jesus? I've been thinking you're going to pour it out in one location, in one state. You've been thinking, just believe me for something big enough, and I'll take care of the rest. So we walked in the arena, walked in the back door. Security guard said, sir, where's your mask? I said, right here. He said, okay, have a good time. Walked in, walked out. And I was the only one wearing a mask around all. Huh? I was like, oh, we in trouble. But all right. <laughs> Sorry if I'm offending you right now. I don't mean to. And then song service started and they charged the altar. And I said, oh, we're in big trouble. But it's going to rain up in here. 
It was like they handed us the keys and walked out of the building. And so we preached. And in that little room, God filled 326 people with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then we got reports from all over the state. 30, 40 people, almost 60 people before it was over across the state. Then we got a call from Spain. It was 2 in the morning. 11 people in Spain at 2 o'clock in the morning got the Holy Ghost. Then we got the call from Mexico. 726 people were filled with the Holy Ghost. God filled 1,122 people in the middle of COVID in one instant because you've got to believe him. You've got to believe him. He'll do anything. Stand to your feet now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask. If you're tired of unanswered prayers, perhaps you should change the channel that you're praying in. Perhaps you should stop being a spiritual bum and saying, God, where are you? Don't you care? Help me. Come on, God. Come on, God. Don't you see? And raise your eyes to the hills and lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle is there anybody that's got some faith right now in the midst of COVID to lift up their eyes and lift up their faith and say I'm believing God for the greatest miracle I'm believing God for something I've never seen I'm believing God for my family I'm believing God for my kids I'm believing God for my ministry I'm believing I'm not a beggar I'm a believer And Brother Stone King's angels in here. I am a believer. Some of you need to stare the devil in the eye. Because you've been whispering prayers. You've been repeating what the demons have talked to you about. You've been repeating their prayers and begging in a way that only the devil knows how to beg. And you're talking to God like you're an equal with him. And you're begging him left and right. And the devil's telling you what to say. But God said, I've come to lift up your faith to believe me one more time. I could have called 10,000 angels. Even when Jesus begged, let this cup pass, it got unanswered. But when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, it is finished. The devil couldn't make him beg for his life because he made up his mind. I'm going to do something greater than what... 
I've come to get you off the carpet, get you off the ground, get you out of the mud, get you out of the dirt, get you out of condemnation, get you out of fear, get you out of anger and frustration and jealousy. And you need to tell the devil, I'm still a believer. I'm still a believer. I believe God can. I believe God will. I believe God is. He's six. Okay, he's, this is our second. So we have Judas seven, Jet six, Jade's three, Jax is one. Jet's is six. When he was five, a few months ago, a demon came to him in his sleep. And he described it to a T where I knew something was, this was not normal. I don't know how I could describe something he had never seen. And he described this wicked creature. And we don't have televisions. We didn't know we didn't watch anything. So I knew something was visiting him. So I called our pastor with a Kinsey. I said, Bishop, something's going on with my little boy. I don't know what it is. Can you pray for him? So we took him to the pastor. And I said, I don't know what. And he said, what was it? And I described it to him. He said, that spirit was in our church 20 years ago. You described it to a T. It was visiting people left and right. And so he began to curse it. He laid hands on my son. He began to speak faith to him that God was going to use him. And God was going to anoint him. And God was going to do great things through him. He spoke that my son would get the Holy Ghost soon. He prayed all these things. That was on like a Tuesday, I believe. On Friday, Jet and I drove to Alabama to preach the Alabama Men's Conference. Friday, we preached. Friday night after church, we're getting in the car to go to the hotel, and Jet said, Dad, I got that Holy Ghost. I said, what do you mean, buddy? I said, who was praying for you? He said, nobody prayed for me, but I was praying, and all these words started coming out of my mouth, and I don't make any sense, and I know God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I said, that's awesome, bud. And we rejoiced and we shouted. And we, from there, we drove to Texas to my friend Matt Tuttle's church in Vider, Texas. And we had a healing service. We preached Sunday morning and Sunday night was a healing service. And so we, they, had, they had talked about it and, and, and uh, advertised it. And so we were preaching on healing. And, and I was praying for the sick and God started healing people. And there was a deaf lady over here where Brother Caleb is. There was a deaf lady. And, and I went over to her probably in her 60s. And, and I prayed it with my hands on her ears and nothing happened. I spoke it. I said, in the name of Jesus, open her ears, God nothing happened. I went back a few minutes later and prayed, God, let her be healed. Nothing happened. Open her ears. Nothing happened. And so I'm walking across the platform just like this, headed this direction. And a man walks up and grabs me and he starts telling me about a need he wants me to pray for. And as he's telling me about the need, I look over here and Jet's on the platform. I remember saying it. I was like, oh, he's busted. And Jet was just excited and he was doing this. And he walked over to the deaf lady and he went and she went and God opened both of her ears. You may not believe, but I have a kid that believes it. Is there anyone that Lord Jesus, impart the gift of faith right now. Impart the gift of faith. We're miracle signs and wonders upon young people to believe that God can use them. 
I wish I had a, I wish I had two or three hundred young people that would raise their hands and let hell know I'm coming. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. I'm coming. I'm coming. The sick will be healed. The lame will walk. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. The dead will rise. I'm coming. to believe again stop bearing your faith in the news stop bearing your faith on social media you need to rise and believe you need to rise and declare I wish some young men and young ladies would take over the atmosphere right now. Kick every devil out and begin to war in the spirit. I wish some urchin kids would pray until the fire falls. I wish some teenagers would let it loose right now in the Holy Ghost. There's an anointing on your life. There's a call of God on your life. Oh, I've got an idea. I've got a crazy idea. I've got a God idea. Who's got pain or disease in their body all over the building? You got a pain or disease? Throw your hand up. If you can keep it up now, y'all in the front, turn around and look. You see a hand? Go to him right now. God tomo shantaya. When I say the prayer of faith, lay your hand on their head, command the disease and the pain to leave, and they shall be made whole. By the authority of the word of God and by the power in the name of Jesus, release the working of miracles and the gifts of healing now in the life church sanctuary. In Jesus' name, somebody shout Jesus. Now lay your hands on them. Lay your hands on them and command them to be healed. be healed. I said be made whole. I said be made whole. I said be made whole. A Holy Ghost bomb went off in here. You're going to be healed. Heart disease be gone. Cancer be gone. Diabetes be gone.
Come on, speak it in faith. Tell them be healed right now. Speak it. You be healed right now. You be made whole right now. Pain leave your back. Pain leave your legs. Pain leave your stomach. People are dancing all over the building. People that had their hands raised are dancing. People that had their hands raised are dancing. God is healing. God is healing. God is moving. He's the miracle worker. you're not a beggar you're a believer you have the right to speak the mountain will be moved speak to it and it shall be moved speak to it it's happening all over the room you might as well get healed you might as well get a miracle tumor dry up growth dry up by the root in the name of the Lord Jesus you might as well be healed right now you might as well declare it you might as well speak it you might as well believe 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 it Somebody start speaking, I am healed. Somebody start declaring, I am whole. Somebody worship Jesus. Somebody give him all the glory. Somebody prophesy to the wind. Somebody get Ezekiel anointing on them right now and start speaking over your destiny. Somebody open up your mouth and speak to your future. Speak to your destiny. Speak to your future. Come on, declare what you're going to do. Here comes another wave of the Holy Ghost. Might as well let it get on you right now. Lift up your hands and begin to pray in the Spirit. Lift up your hands. There's a wave of the Spirit rushing in. There are angels on the move right now. Angels are on the move right now. Yes!
Yes! Yes! Come on, Shadrach, bow down. I don't think so. I don't think so. I wasn't built to beg. I was built to stand. Oh, shut up. I was built to stand. I was built to believe God. When everything in you says, please, God. I want to beg for it. I want you to remember this message. And when everything in you wants to beg, prophesy anyway. You don't feel anything, but just open your mouth and say, God's coming through. God's making a way. Thank you that you're healing. Thank you that you're coming through. Thank you that you're going to take care of it. You got to speak it when you don't want to speak it. You got to shut You got to declare it when you want to beg for it. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm delivered. They're praying through. They're coming back. Prodigals are coming home. such a move of the Holy Ghost. Goodness. Mm. 
you will leave here with confidence. Not in yourself, but in the God who made you. You will not hang your head in shame and in fear. You will raise your head with authority. You will speak to every mountain. For I have placed authority in you. You have received impartation. Use it. You have the real thing. Use it. Don't be replaced. I want you to hear something. Some of you are like, well, who, how do I know it's going to work? Who do I pray for? What do I do? How do I have the faith to see the dead raised? I've never seen a miracle. Brother Stone King started with a headache. He prayed for someone with a headache and God healed it. God is going to bring people to your pathway in the next seven to 14 days that need answered prayers, miracles, situations to be resolved. You are not to ask or beg. You are to speak, command it, declare it, prophesy it, and give God all the glory because it's going to happen. Start there. you're going to fast and pray like you've never fasted before you're going to get your pastor's approval and you're going to go on a fast and you're going to consecrate your life to God and God's going to use you because the miracle you're going to see when you first do the one prayer is the sample like the ice cream it's the sample but then you're going to pay a price for the, for the bowl. Get up here, bro. Come on. Come here. He just finished his first 40-day fast. Come here. You want anointing like this? You got to fast and pray. You want to be used to God? You got to fast and pray. Stop making excuses. Well, well. Now, I'm not saying if you've, if you've got a, a disease or something in your body, I'm not talking about that if you, you can't physically fast. But if just because you get a headache doesn't mean you can't fast. It's called detoxing, homie. You want to be used of God? Go all out and show God. And here's your secret to fasting long and getting answers. Fast with faith, which means start at the finish line. That means this. On this date, when my fast is over, 
these prayers are going to start being answered that I'm believing God for. I'm not fasting in vain. God's going to answer my prayer. I'm, I can't twist his arm, but I can position myself right up next to him to say, come on, I dare you to say no to me. How can you say no to me? I love you and I believe you for everything. I'm walking with you. If I, I feel it right now, Lord Jesus, release the spirit of fasting upon every young man and every young lady in this room. I speak 40-day fast, 30-day fast, 21-day fast, 14-day fast, 10-day fast, 7-day fast, 3-day fast, 1-day fast. In the name of Jesus Christ.